This is TLDR Podcast, where we talk sports, MLB, NHLs, NBAs, pop culture, and nobody understands Westworld, and more. Top 10 alcoholic beverages. With your hosts, Alex. Yeah, boy. Eric. Yo. James. The San Francisco 49ers, best team in the league. Trade in. Right. Oh, sit down, bud. And Tyler. Oh, damn where we do the research and trash-talking for you. What kind of cockamamie bullshit is Adam Silver thinking? <laughs> they're playing super hot right now, and they're... It's they're not finishing. Good. It's the middle of the season. Oh, I understand that, but I'm saying that they're, they're moving towards that. Welcome to TLDR Podcast, presented by Anchor. Welcome, everybody, to TLDR Podcast. It is episode 59, and, well, I'm back. Um, <laughs> I, was gone for, I was gone for a week. I had perfect attendance until last week. Old um, star. I'm sad about it, but it was a very good week um, that I missed. So, I, not that I didn't miss you guys, but whatever. Um, <laughs> we are on a five-on-three penalty kill today. Mm. We have two guys out. Uh, we have our boy Eric. Uh, what is Eric doing, guys? Do we even know? Uh, he's got a uh, really games. I think he's playing golf. golf. Oh, yeah, he's, play- he's probably playing golf. Yeah, that's the uh, more likely excuse. Fair enough. And <laughs> in Vegas uh, at night. And our boy Alex is he's actually definitely out. golfing, he's, he's for definitely. sure golfing for with sure. his friend at yeah. the brewery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but hey, but hey, we can do this. Um, we can kill this penalty off. Um, it's also the middle of summer. So the only sport that's really going on is baseball. Yep. Um, not that we don't care about baseball, but. But only Tyler cares about baseball. Yeah. It's a great time <laughs> for me because it's like the only thing that's going on. <laughs> so <laughs> let's open it up. Let's see how everyone's doing. Well, I, when I say everyone, there's just two other guys than me. <laughs> uh, Tyler, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Uh, we're finally settling. In. We finally cleared the last box from the move. Um, so things are starting to finally look like an actual home. And we see behind me, like I pretty much got the full decorations going on behind me. It's looking good. Uh, we had our first week with our new puppy. He's doing great. He's adjusting super well. We, we, we love him. Uh, Ollie's been great. So Can we yeah, see him? good. Uh, he's downstairs right now, but during the break, I'll, I will go grab him. Is his name, what's his name? Carl? Ollie. <laughs> Carl. Yeah, there Carl. we go. <laughs> Ollie. Wow. Wow. I was way off on that one. Yeah. Not even close. Well, Oliver got it. Hey, yep. Congratulations on being a parent. Yes. It is, uh, it, very fun wow yeah <laughs> nailed it um, it's definitely a, it's definitely a big step in you know your life and a relationship so it's awesome yeah you and jess um james dude um i'm sorry i missed your football segment you did mention that you missed my football takes although i don't think they're very good but how you phenomenal. Doing? what are you talking about i'm doing good yeah, man i'm a little i'm a little tired um this weekend our buddy matt came down Hit up a couple breweries. Uh, it was good to see Matt and Lauren again. Haven't seen them since your engagement trading. So that was a big deal. Uh, you came down too. It was it was a good time. We went to a couple breweries, had a couple beers. I invited Tyler, but Tyler didn't reply back to me for like four days because he sucks at texting back. Mm-hmm. So fuck you, Tyler. Other than that, <laughs> solid weekend. Um, yeah. Love it. Love it. Uh, Matt, it was great to see you. Um, and it was great to see everybody who showed up for that. Before we get into our two topics, which we're going to be, uh, James is going to start us off with some football. 
Um, and then Tyler's going to um, round us out with his, uh, with, with some baseball talk. And it's not going to be, oh, damn, it's going to be a little bit of a, a pretenders, con- pretenders, contenders uh, d- debate going on. I just want to, I just want to summarize the, the win, uh, almost said winter Olympics, the summer Olympics, uh, that, you know, were supposed to occur last year. They, they, um, they rounded out, um, their final events this last weekend, um, to, I don't know if this was a surprise, I guess I was kind of worried, but to no surprise, the United States did win the medal count, both on a total basis and on a, on a gold medal basis. We were trailing China for the longest time, but we, but we did sneak in there. Uh, a couple notables, um, Caleb Dressel, you, sir, are a god. You are an amazing swimmer, uh, breaking bunch. I think he broke the 100-meter freestyle record, uh, and your butterfly is, is perfect. Uh, I, can't wait to, to, I can't wait to watch you again in four years, um, or actually, I guess, three years. So um, th- that'll be good for you to, to see you uh, represent us again. Um, Xander Shoffley, uh, he won gold in golf. What, what a performance that he wasn't, he, I don't think he played that well in the first, it was, I think the first or second round came back, stormed through. Um, that was pretty exciting. Our um, women's volleyball won gold, even though our best player got hurt in the middle of the uh, round Robin games. Um, you girls are incredible. Great. Congratulations. Um, our soccer team won silver. Or I'm sorry. Got one gold arms or bronze bronze. Cause they didn't there you go. Gold. <laughs> um, there we go. I, I will, I will yep. say this. I, I hear this from countlessly. I'm not sure if it really transcends the Olympics, but I have heard it. Um, I guess secondhand. It is, it is hard to win silver. You'd rather take bronze than silver. Cause you actually have to lose to get silver. So uh, you don't want to lose in that gold medal game because it, it, you don't want that. You don't want the silver medal. At least you have to win to get the bronze medal. So, you know, it's kind of weird, but it's interesting. Um, if you're going to lose, it's probably better to lose before you get into the final because <laughs> you don't want to lose that game because, uh, you know, you're just, you know, one goal away from uh, from gold. But congratulations to all of the uh, U.S. Olympians. You uh, represented us very, very well and very, uh, very so, um, excitingly and surprisingly, the Winter Olympics are going to start in February. Uh, we already have our the, the United States already has our coach. Um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Um, our P- uh, Pittsburgh coach. Why can't I uh, um, think of his name right now? Help Google me out, it. Mike Google Sullivan it. is going to be uh, <laughs> is going to be uh, coaching the Team USA. And for the first time in probably my lifetime, well, at least since he's been in the NHL, I'm going to be rooting against the best player in the world and my favorite player, Connor McDavid. Mm. Um, in fact, I'll probably be cheering more for Germany. So, so go. Uh, Why? Why Germany? Just because I, I, I dislike, not that I dislike Canada, because I don't want to say that. But you do though. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love what, what Germany, Germany did in the, in the Olympics uh, a few years ago. And to have basically the German Gretzky lead them for the first time in his career. Talk about Dreisaitl. I'm talking about Leon Dreisaitl. Um, I um, it'll Future be duck. exciting. I'm sorry. Future, Future duck. duck. Future <laughs> duck. Yeah, you wish, bud. Uh, I'm still waiting. When we're also uh, on, when we're all, while we're on the NHL uh, talk, I, I'm still waiting for Jack Eichel to be traded to Anaheim because I would love to take seventy of james's hard-earned dollars and it was uh, even harder and the thing is man we made a bet but you just threw it at me anyway <laughs> yeah i did uh, but hey it's still up in the air the season hasn't started anyway 
we're going on a rant. Congratulations to our Olympians. I'm very excited for the Winter Olympics. Um, when we come back, we're going to jump right into um, some football talk uh, with James. Stay tuned. With health concerns on the rise, it's as important as ever to keep your people safe. Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on Time Magazine's Best Inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might have been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust Dimer. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting dimeruv.com and at dimeruv on social media. Use code TLDR for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free. That's Dimer, like diner with an M, as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives. D-I-M-E-R-U-V dot com. And welcome back. James is going to be taking us through yet another division in the NFL. We are, I believe, a month away from, oh, yeah. uh, from opening week. Like, literally this week, I think, is a month away. Um, and James is going to take us through the AFC East. Um, what was once a pretty dom- like single dominant team division has kind of changed a little bit. Right, James? Take us through Oh, it. big time. Um, just a trading point. Preseason has begun. So, last Thursday, the... Um, Steelers played the Cowboys. Hell of a game. I mean, I watched the first three series or so. It, it was good. It was good. This upcoming Thursday will be actual week one of the preseason, so everybody watch. We'll see how Trey Lance does. Um, but today we're covering the AFC East, the once dominated by the Patriots for years and years and years, is now more like a three-team race with the Jets kind of just chilling in the background there for now. Uh, speaking of the Jets, we're going to start with the Jets. They finished 2-14 and last year. 32nd in offense, 24th in defense. This year, it's out with the old and with the new. Adam Gase is finally gone, and in comes the energetic and defensive mastermind Robert Sella. Uh, The Jets were one of the worst teams ever in NFL history under Adam Gase, so it's the fact that he's gone is already an upgrade. The Jets are pretty much starting from the ground up this year, so I don't really know what to expect from them. This offseason, they lost Sam Darnold, their former number one first-round pick. He got traded to the Panthers. They also lost wide receiver Brashad Perriman, guard Pat Elfling, and cornerback Brian Poole. But they did sign a bunch of people. They signed running back Tevin Coleman, wide receivers Corey Davis and Keelan Cole, defensive end Carl Lawson, who Traden absolutely loves, and defensive tackle Sheldon Rankings. In the draft, in the first round, with pick number two, they drafted quarterback Zach Wilson out of BYU. And also in the first round, they drafted guard Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC with the 14th overall pick. So, Trade, why are the Jets going to have a better year than they did last year? Well, it's um, pretty easy to be better than you were last year when you are at rock bottom. Um, <laughs> that said, the Jets, surprisingly, like they just needed to lose two games. 
and they would have ended up with Trevor Lawrence. They just needed to lose them. And for some reason, they won two games against playoff teams of all, no less. Now, that said, um, may, you know, they, they have a new quarterback. They're starting all over. They have a, they have a new quarterback in Zach, Zach Wilson, um, number two overall. Um, you know, he's going to pick up – he's going to try to succeed where, you know, Sam Donald has, uh, you know, failed. Um, Christian Hackenberg failed. Mark Sanchez failed. <laughs> <laughs> hard to believe Hackenberg failed. They, oh God! They, they haven't they haven't had a championship since Super Bowl three. What is this like Super Bowl like sixty? I don't even know anymore. I think fifty nine. Uh, fifty nine. Oh, hey, just hey. like this episode, guys. I'm I'm totally making that up. Fact check me later. I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll look fact check it later. Um, look, the the Jets are coming off a two two and fourteen season. I think the biggest addition that they got was was adding Robert Sala. Uh, James, you you're very very familiar with this guy. I think that he's going to go in and, I mean, l- let alone the defensive side of the ball because I think that he's going. Obviously, I think he's going to be a huge improvement on that side. That I mean, he was your defensive coordinator, and you guys were you know arguably a top you know five de- defense under him. He knows how to make he knows how to make defenses click. But more importantly, dude, every time you saw him on the on the sidelines, he's you know he's cheering for his team. He's super up and super you know, excited to be there. And I think that that's what you need for, for, for an organization that is just so lost. You need someone to come in there and be a hype man. I mean, even if it's a coach, just be a hype man and not let alone, he's a super smart guy. Uh, and, and I think he's going to bring a lot to that, to this team. Um, and to be honest, I, you know, we don't know what we're going to have in Zach Wilson, but he, I'm not going to say he's going to come and save the team. They're not going to make the playoffs. I'm just going to say that right now, but we're going to see hopefully some stability start to happen here. And the best that the best thing I could say is, you know, you, you walk away with, you know, six to seven wins, which would be pretty great. And, you know, you're building off of last season. Uh, you're in a division that's a little more competitive than it used to. Well, I guess I shouldn't say a little less competitive than it used to be, but um, you know, the, the other, there's two other teams that I think are, um, aren't quite, you know, pl- quite playoff contenders. So, you have a you have a chance to you know set yourself up for for uh, the future and that I mean you can't really get worse well, I guess you can't get worse than two and fourteen but if you went two and if you uh, get less than two wins under Robert Sala and hopefully a better Zach Wilson than Sam Darnold you have bigger issues than you did before which is insane to think about I like that Tyler why are the Jets going to be worse than they were last year. Uh, first of all, it's Super Bowl 56 this year. Oh, so check. I mean, you're close. close. You're pretty close. Uh, the Jets, they Jets just suck. They're just the one of the worst, <laughs> one of the worst organizations in in, in the game. Uh, there's really not much to go off. Yeah, I mean, you're right. The one thing you can say is they're they're they, they can only get better from what from where they were last year, right? They won two games last year. Hard to be worse than that. So they are going to be better this year than they were last year, which is hey, that's an improvement. But they're not going to be good, guys. Like. They're going to suck. They're going to be the bottom tiers of the league once again. You know, hopefully it's a step in the right direction to where we see some young guys come forward and maybe show potential of what this team can be. Um, but, yeah, I'm not expecting much of the Jets at all. They're, it's, it's just going to be one of those teams that are just going to be there. You play them, and they're just around. But no one's going to be paying attention to the to the New York Jets this season. It's just not going to happen, guys. Ouch. Don't try to pop your belief. I will be. I am okay. the – that is not my second favorite team, New York Jets. Wow. After the Niners. Yeah. Cause wow. go Robert Sullivan. Okay. Tyler, what's the record going to be? I think they're going to 
win twice as many games as they did last year. So they will go four and 13. Which is better than the bottom feeders, which will be like a two-win team, which would be the Detroit Lions. So there, you're wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> Trading, what's the record going to be? You know, I see them. I see them squeaking out six wins, six and eleven. They're going to come out. No, it's it, it was an improvement over last year. No, they're not making the playoffs. But you got to build off something. I like that. I I, I think the same thing. I'm also going to go six and eleven. So Maddie, if they go six and eleven, dude, that's that's hundred bucks in my pocket. We made that bet. We shook on it. I'm going to take the hundred bucks from you. Reason being. They are a much, much, much better team than they were last year. The defense gets linebacker CJ Mosley back. We didn't play last year. And they also add a bunch of pieces everywhere else. And Carl Lawson is getting paid big. Uh, when he talked about the Bengals a while ago, Traden went on and on about how the Bengals made the wrong choice in not keeping Carl Lawson. And so the Jets get blessed with Carl Lawson. I think he gets paid 54 mil this season, like for three years or something. He gets paid a lot of money. And he's a good defensive end. He's going to wreck shop under Robert Sala. Nonetheless, it's going to be a good defense. The O-line is average, but they can be great if that rookie, Elijah Barrett Tucker, plays well. Zach Wilson has rookie QB, but he does have a lot of weapons. He has Corey Davis, who had a black breakout year last year, and Keelan Cole to add to the fact that they had Jameson Crowder and Denzel Mims. So he has a lot of support. And if that can, O-line can hold up a little bit, Zach Wilson throws really well when running. Um, and also to top that off, the Jets are going to run a version of the Shanahan offense because Robert Sala did take the 49ers offensive coordinator with him. And so with that's going to take the pressure off the QB. They're going to run the ball a lot more, do a lot more zone reads and play action passes. So the pressure isn't really on Zach Wilson all that much just yet. So that's the reason why I'm saying six and 11. Um, let's talk fantasy here. So Trayden, we'll talk Zach Wilson. His ADP is undrafted because of the system and because the defense isn't really as good as it should be. Do you think he's going to finish the top 12 QB? I, I can't say that that'll happen. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't have trust in that. I will say this. I do like Mike LaFleur running the offense. I think that's very quarterback friendly for a guy that's coming into the league. We don't know what he's going to be like in the, in the NFL, but I don't have trust in, in, in him even finishing as a top 12 yet. Uh, we're only going to talk about one other person from the team because there's nobody else. It's going to be wide receiver Corey Davis from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he was wide receiver 30 last season. His ADP this year is 126, which is wide receiver 49 off the board. Last season, he had 984 yards with five touchdowns, but he was also in the same offense as A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. Take that into account. So this year, will he have more than 1,000 yards receiving? Yes or no? <laughs> again, I'm going to say no. Um, I, again, we don't know. I, I just don't know what Zach Wilson's going to be yet. Um, I, he's going to, I think he might play a little more reserved than, than, you know, we'd like to see. I don't know if he's going to take a lot of, a, a lot of chances because he does. I mean, look, look what the Jets fans do to you as a quarterback. If you're shit, they completely build you up and then rip you down. Sam Donald was the last victim and Zach Wilson would be another victim if he just does not keep the ball in his team's hands. So I, I don't know. I, I just don't trust. I don't know. I don't know if Zach Wilson will get, will get Corey Davis a thousand yards receiving. And that, I think that that's the biggest question mark for me. How many touchdowns do you think he'll have this season? Oof. He had five last year. Let's give him six. Oh, so less yards, more touchdowns. Interesting. Moving on to the new England Patriots. Uh, they finished third in the division last year with a record of seven and nine. 18th in offense, 20th and 20th in defense, which is weird. Uh, overall, it was a very weird year in Foxborough. 
Tom Brady was gone and Bill Belichick seemed like he was losing the locker room almost every single game. The defense didn't perform up to par and lockdown cornerback Stephon Gilmore barely played because of injuries. And the fact that him and Bill Belichick weren't seeing eye to eye, um, his play might get worse this season. Who knows? Cam Newton came in and struggled to throw the ball and read defenses. But overall, the Patriots did not look like the Patriots. This offseason, they lost one of their best guards in Joe Tooney, uh, running back Rex Burkhead, defensive tackle Adam Butler. They tr- uh, traded tackle Marcus Cannon to the Texans. And one of their best players, Patrick Chung, a safety, and Julian Edelman both retired. They signed wide receivers Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, tight ends Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, linebacker Matthew Judon, cornerback Jalen Mills from the Eagles, Tyler, and linebacker Kyle Van Noy. In the draft, they drafted McCorkle Jones out of Alabama with a 15th pick. And in the second round, they drafted defensive tackle Christian Barrymore, also out of Alabama. Fuck Alabama. And the, um, so, Tyler, how are they going to do this year? Guys, I think the Patriots are going to do pretty, pretty good this year. I think they had a pretty productive offseason. Now, they're, obviously, last year they were struggling with the loss of Tom Brady and trying to you know, basically go move to the, the, the next chapter of what their franchise is going to look like. They still got Bill, Bill Belichick. He's, a, he's one of the best football minds to ever do it. This guy knows how to build a, a successful football team. And I think they added a lot of good pieces, especially to help Cam Newton on the passing game. I think they, the, what they did with, the, with their tight ends, with, with Smith and, and, and Henry, uh, Aguilar and, and, and Bourne, are, I think are really, are really solid wide, wide re- receiver options. You know, and I think Cam Newton, obviously last year, there's kind of a lot going on. He, you know, he played okay. He, he showed flashes that, that, that he could play in, in, in that system, but then he had COVID and just kind of a weird year. First year, first year with, with Belichick, he's back again. It seems like he, the, that the Patriots have confidence in him, which I think will give him confidence to be able to run this thing. Obviously, he's not the future quarterback for, for that, um, for that uh, team. But I think for this year, I think he'll be a very solid QB for them. Um, and I, I, I like the O-line. I think the O-line is one of the best in football, um, led by center David, David Andrews. Um, their defense is a little bit of a concern. They're usually a very good, solid defense. Last year, they were pretty shitty. Um, I don't know if they did enough in the offseason to really make that much better, but I think offensively this team's going to run a lot smoothly, um, a lot more smooth. English, <laughs> a lot smoothly. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Um, but I think the pages are going to be a lot better. I think they're going to have a they're 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 going to have a good shot at potentially a wild card spot. Uh, Trayden, why is he wrong? Well, he's mostly wrong because of the next team that we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> there's another team in town that is uh that has rebuilt finally um and i think that that's the biggest thing for me is the division ain't all the patriots anymore like it used to be where they dominated uh, it was an easy division it's not easy anymore because you have you have other teams in the division that are playing very very well and and doing the right things moving forward uh you know in their off season too now that's not to slight what what new England has done in the off season because they've, they've done, you know, great things. And I think that they're, they're probably be a better team or if not at least the same team um, as they were last year. I just, I can't say that they're going to be better than the, you know, the other two teams in the division that we're going to talk about. Um, And, and most, mostly I just don't trust uh, Cam Newton. I mean, I saw what he, he had some, he had some struggles last season and he's, he's had some major question marks for a few years now. And, you know, not that I don't like the guy, it's just, I, I, I don't 
know if he's able to compete anymore. I mean, now I could be totally wrong and I hope that he proves me wrong because that, that would be great to see him kind of resurge back to where we saw him as an MVP status in whatever year, like 20, whatever it was. Uh, but I, I just, there's too many question marks for me there. Um, although that being said, Belichick is a great football mind. And I think that he's going to come back with everything he's got, because I think that he was borderline embarrassed after last season. You're also getting a lot of guys that, you know, opted out last season that are coming in. So yeah, they're going to be a, they're probably going to be the same, if not a better team. I just don't know if they're going to be quite good enough to beat the next team we're going to talk about. What's the record going to be? Oh man. Uh, Let's say nine and eight. Tyler. I'm gonna go ten and seven. They're gonna um, they're gonna surprise some people. Ten and seven. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's you guys had very similar picks there. I'm gonna go with trading though. I'm gonna say nine and eight. Reason being is that they're gonna be better than last year for sure. They made so many changes on both sides of the ball and they bo- bolstered both sides of the ball. Like offensively, added some great tight ends, great wide receivers. Defensively, they added a great linebacker and a really great cornerback. And adding to the fact that Dante Hightower is going to be back in that middle linebacker position, it's going to be huge for them. But my main concern for why they're not going to do that well is because of Matt Jones. Eventually, Cam Newton is going to struggle, and he's not going to do as well, prompting the Patriots and Bill Belichick to make the change of quarterback. And I just don't know if Matt Jones' skill set will translate to the NFL this soon. I, he, he comes to me as a guy who needs like one or two years to kind of mature in a backup role before coming in there and being the dude. Um, he doesn't really seem like he has the confidence that everybody else has, like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. They have confidence, and you you can see it. They want to be the guy from day one. Mac Jones, I don't know. He's kind of like – he's like Tyler, except a little bit chubbier. So, like, the fact that he's not really an NFL-type body. Yeah. <laughs> he's not an NFL-type body that can really withstand the grind of the NFL. I've seen Tyler try to run, and his hips give out after two miles. It's, it, I mean, it, that's it, true. It, it happened. <laughs> and he's, he calls now, it Uber. Battle. Remember, though, <laughs> the best quarterback to ever play for this team was not what we would call the most athletic of guys. So, Yeah, but look at him now, eating avocado ice cream. And winning <laughs> Super Bowls at 50 years and old. Winning, Here's exactly. to you, <laughs> and we're over here drinking seltzers and whiskeys. I mean, there's a huge <laughs> difference between what we do and what they do. Mac Jones is more the kind of guy like what we do. He probably drinks whiskey and beer on the weekend. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just taking a huge shit on Mac Jones. I we almost drafted him not too long ago. But the fact of the matter is, we'll go back to the Patriots. Man, I hope I hope he kick I hope he kicks ass <laughs> and just like, shoves rookie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh I'll just I'll shotgun. An entire bottle of whiskey if that happens. Whoa. <laughs> I'll what happened. Anyway, back to the Patriots here. The defense is going to be a top seven unit, which is pretty much going to carry them because the offense, I don't know how good the quarterback play will be. So I'm saying nine and eight. Let's move on to fantasy here. Let's talk quarterbacks to begin. You got Cam Newton, who finishes QB 15, but his ADP is undrafted. And Mac Jones, who is definitely undrafted because he's like Tyler but fatter. Um, so at the end of the year, when this happens, when it's all said and done, when the season is over, who's going to have more fantasy points? Tyler. Newton. Why? Uh, I, just, I just, I think he's the guy that's, they're going to ride this, this, this year. I think they're going to give him a full season. I don't think Jones is ready oh. yet. As you mentioned, oh. um, obviously barring any major injury or anything like that, then yes, obviously, but assuming Newton is healthy for most of the season, I think Newton's going to get a majority of the snaps for the Patriots and he's, so he's going to get more fantasy points. 
Okay. Well, that answers my next question, which would be when does Mac Jones take over? And you said <laughs> next season. Next season. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the running back position here, you got running back Damian Harris. He finished as running back 53 last season. He also missed five games, so take that into account. His ADP this season is 110, uh, coming in as running back 31 off the board. The tough part about this is, is that running back room for the Patriots, it's, it's always a coin flip. You never know who's going to be the dude that week. Um, but more often than not, it's been Damian Harris. So if you had to draft him, would you draft him or Leonard Fournette? Hmm. Yeah, that's tough. I think with, with Patriots, most of the time, as you mentioned, Patriots, they have a kind of, they kind of spread the wealth a lot offensively in general, especially with the running game. So it's hard. It's hard to pick a guy from that team, but ugh, I'm going to go Harris on this one. I feel like he's probably the favorite on that team. Um, so I, I would probably, I'd probably lean towards Harris, but that's, that's not a pick you want to be in. Mm. Okay. And then moving on to the tight end room, which is very talented. You got John Lee Smith finished at tight end 16 last season. His ADP is 129 coming off the board at tight end number 13. He's a very hot and cold tight end. He's pretty much a wide receiver with the Titans last season. You guys saw that. And then also or tight end Hunter Henry, who Tyler loved when he was with the Chargers. He finishes tight end number 12. His ADP is 140, which is farther down than Johnny Smith. And he's coming off the board as tight end number 16. So Tyler, who would you rather have? At their ADP, 129, Johnny Smith, or 140, Henry? Yeah, I, honestly, I would rather go with Henry, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I like the way that this guy, this guy plays. I think he's a great veteran leader. Um, I think he's going to put up some points. Um, I think, I don't know why, I just have a good feeling about that, him and, him and Newton. Uh, but that's not to take anything away from Smith. He's also a very good tight end. I think that's a great uh, tight end combo, which might even out some fantasy scores versus if just one of them was, was on the Patriots, you know? So that's something to consider. Um, but if it was me, if I was choosing between the two, I go Henry. I just like his, his track record. I think he's a very solid, reliable option there at a uh, tight end. Does injury history worry you? I don't think he's done all 16 games in a season ever. I mean, injuries are a, a, a huge part of it. You know, you, 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 you've got to take the risk. Obviously, there are, are, there are much better tight ends out there. Um, so, you know, go with one of those. But I, 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 I still think Henry is a, is a, is a good option. Cool. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins, who Traden alluded to earlier. They finished last season 10-6, and 22nd in offense, 15th in defense. It was a very interesting year for the Dolphins last season. They built off a very strong ending to the 2019 season, and we saw Tua and Fitzmagic kind of go back and forth at that QB spot, with Tua ultimately having or taking the reins from Fitzpatrick. Devontae Parker had a resurgent year two years ago, but kind of took a step back this last year. Mike Gusecki was huge, man. Dude came off and was pretty much a wide receiver at the tight end position. He kind of redefined that position. He's, he, he did well, to say the least. The defense actually played way better than their stats suggest. I mean, the stats say they're 15th overall, but damn, at times, they were an elite group. Uh, looking at this offseason, they lost quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick and center Ted Karras. Uh, they signed Jacoby Brissett, Will Fuller, Matt Skura, and cornerback Jason McCourty and Justin Coleman. In the draft, they drafted... Uh, Jalen Waddle in the first round of pick number six out of Alabama. Common theme here is that people like to pick from Alabama. Alabama sucks. Uh, also in the first round, pick 18, they drafted linebacker Jalen Phillips out of Miami. So, Traden, why are the Dolphins going to have a good year this year? Oh, man. Um, well, I, I think they're going to build off, um, at least defensively, I think we can, we can say that they, they were – they were a force, even though, like you said, their stats didn't 
quite show it. They, they could be a force at times. And I think that that is going to get better. I honestly, while there are question marks here as early as the, as the preseason, um, I, I think that they're going to have a better offensive line. Um, and I think that Tua has better weapons than he did before. The biggest question mark and the entire question mark that the entire, <laughs> that this whole organization is going to be asking is what are we going to get out of Tua? That's that, that's it. If if Tua plays where where we expected him to when he got drafted, they're going to be fine. If not, the uh, the Miami Dolphins will forever not be able to sleep because they they passed over Justin Herbert, who has clearly outperformed Tua Tagovailoa. Um, which I mean, if you think about it, was I guess now it's all hindsight, right? You you wish you could have drafted Herbert because what he has he become with a terrible offensive line. Uh, we talked about that, you know, like four weeks ago. Look, I think that they have fixed, uh, at least got a better offensive line. Uh, I think that the defense is going to be fine. I think that Tua has better, much better uh, uh, weapons than he had. And he still has that tight end in Gusecki. Uh Will Fuller, while he is, seems like he's always fucking hurt or not playing, um, he, well, he will miss week one, I think, for uh, to finish his uh, suspension. Um, he'll be back. Um, Devonte Parker is always fucking hurt, but if he can stay healthy, he can be a force. Um, I don't know. What we'll see out of Jalen Waddle, um, but I think that he might he he might turn some heads and and be a and be be a big help there. Uh, Miles Gaskin has shown that he can do some that he can do some work. I think that you just have a better, you know, you have a better core there. And then if Tua can't do it, Jacoby Brissett is not a terrible backup. Like he he is a serviceable. Um, uh, backup just like Fitzmagic was. I mean, Fitzmagic ain't anything to, you know, he's not like a starting quarterback, but he did a fairly well, good job with what he had. And I think Jacoby Brissett is, you know, just like that. So you have a good insurance policy. This team is going to beat the New England Patriots. I love it. Um, Tal, I was actually very surprised that you chose the against on this one, man, because that was your, the Dolphins were crushed last season. You picked up everybody fantasy wise from the Dolphins. So that being said, Tyler, why are the Dolphins going to have a worse year? Hey, I love the Dolphins players in terms of fantasy, but in terms of the team, that's a whole different story. So Tua, as Drayden mentioned, it, this whole season is going to revolve around him. And, you know, does the organization trust Tua to take this organization to that next step? And I think more importantly, does Tua trust himself to take this organization to the next step? I'm not so sure, to be honest with you, from what we've seen so far. He showed flashes of it. He showed glimpses of it. But I don't know if he is the guy yet in Miami, and he has to prove that. And from what I've seen from the organization and just from Tua himself, I don't know if he's there yet. So I don't really trust Tua to be able to make this team into a true contender yet, especially with the team that's on top of that division right now. It's going to be really, really tough. But like I said, this team has a lot of good weapons. They have a lot of talent. I think they have a really good coaching staff. They're in, they're going towards the right direction. I just don't, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about Tua being, being a, being a, that one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL to, to be able to be, uh, I shouldn't say one of the best quarterbacks, being a quarterback that can lead a winning team in the NFL is, is, is what I should say. Being that quarterback that can, that, that, that can be a leader and take this team. Cause that's what you need. And honestly, I just, I just don't, I don't trust him and I don't think he trusts himself to be honest with you. So he, if, if the dolphins get off to a slow start, especially if Tua gets off to a slow start, I think it could be a disaster for the, for, for the dolphins. So look out the dolphins have to get off to a hard start. Otherwise I think there's going to be just so much overthinking to what's going on. 
and it's going to be really, really bad. So to me, it, I guess, as Trey mentioned, it's, it all comes down to how Tua goes. And to be honest with you, I'm not confident in Tua right now. So that's kind of what it comes down to. What's the record going to be? For me, I'm going to go nine and eight. So not, not, not going to be as good as this, this, this year. Um, they're still going to win some games, but I just, I think a lot of people are expecting this team to like really do well. I just don't see that happening. I think they're going to be just above uh, 500. Let's just step back. Trade. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say 11, 11 and seven. Um, 11 you know, and I, I just, I just think they can do it. I think they can do six. It. He means 11 and six, everybody. Math. Um, <clears throat> 11 and six. <laughs> uh, okay. I also say 11 and six, but what you guys forget, both of you guys that brought up Tua and how he's not going to be the dude and how he's not going to be as confident. Y'all forget that last year he was coming off a major hip surgery. It's true. Like that's a lot of, con- like a lot of confidence, a lot of mental blockages that he had to work through in that one season. So you can't put that out there. Also, it was his rookie season. Let's be real. It was his rookie season last season coming off a major injury. Let's look at this. Look at his track record, though. For the longest time in college football and before college football, he was widely considered as the best quarterback in the nation. That track record doesn't run dry. It's just, it, it takes some time for him to get over some mental blockages and be more confident in that hip, which is fine. Give him a year. Let's see what he does this year. Every single year, you've seen Toa, or not Toa, Tua adapt to wow. anything placed upon him. Any adversity that's placed upon him, he adapts to it and succeeds. I think it's the, the Hawaiian blood in him, to be honest with you, because those guys are resilient. Yeah. Um, that culture of being in the Hawaiian Islands, the Pacific Islander, that culture is insane. And I don't see him going any other direction but up. Tua's going to have a good to decent year this year. He's not going to be like he was last year. I think last year he had like five picks. He was one of the most accurate passers at Alabama in NCAA history. Let's not forget that. Tua knows his stuff. If he can read defenses and sees more defenses, that's all he needs. Tua's going to have a better year. And overall for the Dolphins, every single year, you've seen significant improvement since Brian Flores took over. Granted, it's been three years, but that first year was a terrible year. They finished strong. This last year, 10 and 6. This year, you're going to see improvement again, but they're playing a division where it's tough. You've played the Patriots twice. You play the Bills twice. That's going to be those are going to be tough games to win. But they did do some really good things with the roster. They added Will Fuller, who is a very fast wide receiver through free agency. And they also added a very talented young wide receiver in Jalen Waddle in the draft. Think about those two, though. They're pretty much the same kind of player. They just run straight really fast, very much Tyree Kill-esque. So if two can throw deep, which he does and does well, that's going to do a lot of good things to his offense. And Miles Gaskins finally going to be able to be the dude if he stays healthy. And the defense, like I said before, has a lot of potential. And if they can just put it together like they have in some games, this is an elite group. And Xavier Howard just got a new contract. He is a shutdown corner. I would say top two corner in the league. He's going to do well in this defense. But let's move on. Let's talk fantasy. Uh, we're going to talk to a Tungavailoa, quarterback. His ADP is 153, quarterback 16. So, Trayton, is Tua going to improve significantly this year to warrant a top 12 draft pick, or do you leave him at quarterback 16? Well, <laughs> that, that, it's going to be a huge bet, but I think, I think you could bet on him being being much better than he was last year look the biggest biggest question mark that people had is it, it, he was he seemed like to your point he, he was coming off an injury but he seemed like he was a little bit apprehensive to throwing the like thrown deep and to your point you have you have wide receivers that can get deep and he's done it in the past i think he was just a little bit 
you know, apprehensive. And I think that he needs to, I think that he has the ability to shake that off and say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to bet on myself. And, you know, I think he's going to, I think he's going to do it. And you'll see improvement from Tua Tagovailoa this year. So what that? What would you draft him top twelve? Would you give him a sixteen though? Would I draft him top twelve? <sighs> I think you got to be in the middle between like twelve and sixteen. Like it's got to be kind of you know so the, the twelve is tough. Four, I'd give him fourteen. I'll give him okay, you're quarterback fourteen right there. Okay, cool. Moving on to uh, running back, you got Miles Gaskin. He finished as running back twenty eight, which is very impressive to the fact that he missed six games. He only played in 10 games last season and still finished as running back 28. His ADP this season is going to be 59, coming off as running back 21 off the board. If healthy, do you think he outperforms his ADP? Um, I absolutely do. Um, of course, I mean, yes. Uh, he already has come out, I believe it was yesterday, the day before, that he, you know, he's, he's liking his offensive line. And an, impre- and an improved offensive line, improves your running game and i think that is i mean like you said as long as he stays healthy yeah he's gonna he's gonna outperform no problem moving on to the wide receiver group which is really talented and has a lot of depth you have jalen or will fuller who is coming from the houston texans is he finished as wide receiver 32 last season missing multiple games as well adp this year is 97 wide receiver 36 he has elite speed and a down downfield threat you also have Jalen Waddle, whose ADP is 113. He's the rookie coming in as wide receiver 44. He pretty much is like a wide receiver, Tyree Kill version three. And then Devontae Parker, who's been a Dolphin for a very long time, coming in at wide receiver, or ADP is 150, so almost undrafted. He had a breakout year in 2019, but last year he fell back down to earth. So out of the three, Will Fuller at 97, Jalen Waddle at 113, or Devontae Parker at 150, which would you rather have? I'm going to take Will Fuller. Um, I, I Ooh, see what he's, up. what's that? You're paying up for that one. Yeah, you are. But I see what he did with the Texans. And I don't even know if he, uh, if he was quite a bona fide number one. I think that I can't remember if there was another uh, weapon on Bandit that. Cooks was there for a long time. DeAndre Hopkins there was, was there right. for a long time. It, 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 yeah, fucking Hopkins is who you're competing against. Of course, you're not going to get, you know, you're the guy now. And I've seen what he can do being a secondary option. So yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking Will Fuller. And that's assuming that Tua does as well as I think he's going to do. And moving on, last but not least, to the tight end position, you got Mike Gusecki. Finished as tight end number seven last season. ADP is 124, tight end number 12. Right now, he's getting picked two spots after Gronk. Who would you rather have and why? Um, I'm going to say Gusecki. Younger. Um, I Look, and I am... I love Gronk. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I will go on a whole podcast about how much I love that guy, but I'm going to take Mike Gusecki. I love the, I love the, um, I love what he did in his position, um, basically turning into the bona fide wide receiver for the team. Like you said, um, you're going to have a better, you're going to have a better quarterback. You have a better um, O-line to, to, you know, improve your quarterback stats. I think that he's going to be a huge threat and uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Moving on, last but not least, the Buffalo Bills, who finished first in this division last season at 13-3, and three, third in offense, 16th in defense. This team, much like the Dolphins, has been steadily improving year after year. But the last couple of years, kind of, or this last year, kind of signaled the beginning of what many call a dynasty. Josh Allen is just as good as advertised, probably better than what people thought initially. And they're honestly just like, they were a couple pieces away from getting it all this last season. Uh, the pairing of Allen and Diggs was a godsend as those two have combined to destroy other teams' defenses easily, and it hasn't even been close. 
And the Bills defense finished about middle of the pack, but had the potential to be, to be elite if they just worked together as a team. There were times last season where one, like the D-line did amazing, but the second year did not. This year, both of them have to do well, and, you know, it'll be a good, it'll be a good team. Uh, this offseason, they lost tight end Tyler Croft, but they did sign Eric's favorite player in quarterback Mike Mitchell Trubisky, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, and tight end Jacob Hollister. In the draft, the first round, they drafted defensive end Gregory Rousseau out of Miami, and in the second round, they drafted another defensive end, Carlos Bashan Jr. out of Wake Forest. So, Tyler, why are the Buffalo Bills going to do better than last season? The Buffalo Bills, as you mentioned, they just keep getting better every single year. They got the same head coaches that are in that system teaching these guys how to how to be successful. And I think I think they just got good chemistry all around. I mean, that Josh Allen stuff on Diggs connection is one of the best. They have one of the best chemistry connections in the game. Um, and you sprinkle in Cole, um, Cole Beasley and in Emmanuel Sanders in that mix. In uh, they have a, they have a great they have a great uh, pass attack. Um, an interesting sign that I like was uh, Jacob Hollister uh, that, that, that they got from uh, Seattle. He played with uh, Josh Allen in Wyoming. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they kind of can, can, re- can reconnect and, and uh, make some plays. They, they, have an ex- they have an excellent offensive line. Um, they're running backs. They, they don't do anything flashy, but, but they get the job done. I think the defense got better this year. I mean, a huge thing, you know, um, star uh, low two, but, Lele, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Um, oh, two. Okay, he opted out. He he opted out last season. He's back, so that so that's huge. And also having a healthy Matt Milano, I think, is going to be huge for them. So I think I think defensively they they're already better. I think they have one of the best uh, secondaries in the game. Uh, this build this build team is going to be really good. I don't see why 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 they can't improve and uh, hopefully go on to the Super Bowl. Love it. Uh, trade. Sounds Why like the public agrees. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably going so. crazy in the background. God damn. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> trade. Why is Tyler wrong? <sighs> well, this is a, I put myself in a very tough position. Um, get, telling Tyler that he could pick whoever he wants on the other side. Cause I have to go <laughs> against the Buffalo bills. Oh man. Um, I'm, I'm only going to, again, I, I think it kind of goes back to what I said. I think that you're, you have better teams in your division that are, you have a stronger division that you're going to have to play against. And the biggest question mark I have is the fact that the, the Buffalo bills are extremely pass heavy and they're, they don't rely on the running game much. And we have seen that the running, like at the end of the day, yes, the, the league is moving to a passing game, but, if you don't have a very a top tier running game, you're not winning. You're, you're just not doing that well. I mean, that that's just that's just the reality of it. Now they have clearly been the team that's that's you know throw his first, ask questions later, right? And I just don't know if they're gonna if you know you still need to have a, a, an established running game to to compete, especially in the playoffs. And I think that that is part of the reason why they didn't do so well, you know, in the in the playoff in the in the playoff game against the uh, against the Chiefs. Um, and I think that's my biggest question mark is, are, are they going to be able to be a little bit more versatile than they have been now? Josh Allen is, you know, one of, if not the best option, I mean, fantasy quarterback out there, um, but, you know, maybe behind Mahomes. Um, he's clearly not a problem. Like he's incredibly great, but they just need to, I think then they need to establish a running game if they want to go far and, um, you know, they're going to win their division. That's no, that's no question. Um, it's just, can you make it to the Super Bowl? That is improving on what you did last year. You were a game away from the Super Bowl and 
you need to establish a running game if you want to be better than you were last year. Wow. Oh, that was well, well said. What's the record going to be? Uh, we'll give him like 14 and three. Damn. <laughs> <Tell me. laughs> Uh, I also did 14 and three, actually. Uh, All right, guys. Yeah, they're going to be I went, great. I went 13 and four. Yeah. So just one less game. Um, reason being, offense got better. They added a tree number two in Emmanuel Sanders. Not to talk shit about Cole Beasley. He was fantastic, but he's more of a slot receiver more than a wide receiver, too. Josh Allen's going to compete for MVP this year. He's going to be a dual threat quarterback who has another year to read defenses and another year to throw the ball to Stephon Diggs. The Bills, <laughs> as Trayton's point, they have a good backfield. They just haven't used it as much. And to Jane's point, I agree. You have to run the ball. You have to have some sort of balance. Otherwise, teams will just sag back and won't stack the box. You guys have really good running backs and Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Use them. And last but not least, the defense. They added some pieces on the D-line that will pay dividends just because of those draft picks. Man, there's some good draft picks. Gregory Rousseau demolishing college. I think it's going to take him maybe half a year, a couple of games, to get used to the NFL speed. But then, then he'll do some good things here. And obviously, because of those additions, they're going to be better than 16th place on defense. Uh, 13 and 4. But let's talk fantasy here. Quarterback Josh Allen. He finished as quarterback number one last season. His ADP this year is 29, going as quarterback number two to second to Mahomes. So, Tyler, can you make a case for him being the quarterback one off the board? Yeah. I mean, he beat Mahomes last year in overall fantasy points by a smidgen, but he still did. So, I, you know, you know Mahomes didn't play the last game, right? Doesn't matter. Still did it. And it, it, it seriously, it, it doesn't matter because he played. He actually played the last game, and and Mahomes didn't. For so for fantasy owners, you want guys going to play every single game, right? So you go, Josh Allen. Uh, Can't say something, Trayton. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> you need to make playoffs, right? So I, I'm going to look at points per game. I don't even know what it is. So don't like if, 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 if it was Josh Allen, then that's the better option. But you'd have to look at points per game first because. I don't care how many games he's playing. If you're if you're not I, making the playoffs, who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't know if it's on my head, but he might have have had more points per game than Mahomes. If last year. if he did, I'm pretty sure he did. You're good. So, like again, it was. I think I think Mahomes had like I don't know like 20.3, and, and Allen was like 20.4. So it was like it's pretty. It's awesome. <laughs> it was pretty even, but nonetheless, he still had more. So, okay, so. then you're right. Then you can go down to who had overall points. Blah blah blah. Yeah, so the tough part yeah. about that is, is you just said the Mahomes be, or Josh Allen beat Mahomes by a smidgen. So if Mahomes played a quarter, he'd beat Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. I don't know. Give, about that. Give, give Mahomes a chance to throw the ball 10 yards, and that would be the dub right there. Mm. Moving on. First of all, I mean, that's my thing about fantasy football in the last week. Like, I think it should stop before week the last week. And actually, now that they have 17 games, just stop after 16. Because, like, 17 is a bullshit week. That's it's stupid. I agree. Maybe I'll yeah. change the rules this year. Who knows? I am the commissioner. <laughs> Moving on to the running back room. You got Devin Singletary, who finishes running back 31. ADP is 154. He's the smaller, more elusive back. He's also He can also catch the ball out of the backfield. And then Zach Moss, who is it's 1B in this case, running back 46 last season, going in as – or getting drafted at 127. He's the bigger power back. So who would you rather have, Devin Singletary at 154 or Zach Moss at 127? Uh, I think I'm going to go Singletary. I feel like he's got a little bit more uh, explosive potential. Um, so for that case, for fantasy-wise, I'm going to go Singletary. 
I'm going to have to do, disagree with you wholeheartedly. Oh. Zach Moss gets the touchdowns. <laughs> right. He's a bigger bag on the goal line. You get to Zach Moss, not Devin Singletary. But we play PPR. So he has to take get six more catches to get that one touchdown to equal that. <laughs> so I, you know what? <laughs> Zach Moss. That's my that's my pick. And then last but not least, before my segment is over, we got wide receiver Stephon Diggs, who finished as wide receiver three, whose ADP is 12, and he's going as wide receiver number three. Lo and behold. So let's look at the scenario here. You're picking at the beginning of the second round, but you have to pick a wide receiver, right? Would you rather have Diggs? Metcalf or Hopkins? I'm going to go Diggs. Why? Like I said, I just, I really like that Allen Diggs connection. I think they've got great chemistry. You can't go wrong with any of those picks. Um, you can probably go wrong with the Metcalf pick. Okay. Well, there you go. Oh, do you think there's going to be a regression? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just, I, I like, I like Diggs in both. I think he loves playing there. I think Allen loves uh, loves Diggs as as that guy. I think they're just they're such a great duo. I don't think you can go wrong with that. I like that, dude. I hope right, I hope that that okay. So last time Tyler like had a had a scenario, he came on here and said one thing, and then he did the exact fucking opposite in real life. <laughs> yeah, that's the same scenario. It was the first overall pick. That's what it was. Yeah. It was the first. Yeah, but it was like it was, uh, Saquon. Yeah, Saquon over uh, McCaffrey. I think it was. Yep, and that, yeah. that's what fucked you up, man. Because I yeah, won that year. Yeah, <laughs> I just absolutely destroyed <laughs> that year. I I just hope that that same scenario, like yeah. you know, it, it Tyler has out. to deal with it, and he does the wrong thing, and I can call him out on it. I really hope he thinks that. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, that'd be great. <laughs> All right, guys, that's my segment. Thank you for listening. All right, that was fun. Um, I I just love like you know getting in there and just jabbing at Tyler because it's so fucking easy. <laughs> wow. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. Uh, when we come back, we guys, this is our last segment. We've only had one, and we're going to be <laughs> to, uh, Tyler's going to take us through some uh, contender pretenders uh, as we round out. While well, we're on the like the last, we're rounding third base of of the MLB season. Um, stay tuned. And we're back. And get, I was wrong. We are not rounding third base. We are like 45 feet from, from third base. We are almost at third base. We had a whole conversation before we got back on the air. So i sorry for, uh, for, for, for leading you guys astray. Um, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk pretenders and uh, contenders and pretenders as uh, the, the wild card you know, battle is, is heating up. Got a little bit tighter than it was, you know, say a couple weeks ago. Um, most of the teams in the NL that we're going to be talking about, like I went through it, all of them were like NL except like two of them, maybe yep. three. Uh, Tyler. It's three and three, dude. Is it? It's four and four. Yeah. What are you doing? It's four and four. No, there's definitely more NL teams. So Yeah, there's more NL teams. So I was right, James. <laughs> Sit down. Let's go. I'm already sitting. What am I going to do? Sit down, oh. bud. <laughs> You're right. It is five and three. My bad. All right. Well, anyway, yeah. So we're approaching the basically the final third of the regular season, and this is the point where you start scoreboard watching every single night, right? There's this race are getting tighter. There's some teams that have been sleeping all year that are finally making a push. There are teams that have been surprising all year that are starting to tear a little bit. And you're well, I'm like, okay, maybe this team isn't as good as we thought they were. It's getting really exciting. So I just wanted to do a quick contenders or pretenders segment. So we're going to go through a few of the teams that are on the fringe. They're on the cusp. Maybe they're either making the postseason or not. 
Um, and there's really kind of three different races right now, either division or either, either in a division or in a wild card that are really close right now. So the first one being the National League wild card race, the Dodgers and Giants are up there. So they're kind of, they're kind of, you know, uh, feeling that out. One of those two or both those teams are for sure going to make the postseason. But the bottom half, the Padres are starting to slip a little bit. But more importantly, the Reds are starting to catch up here and making a case for a wild card spot. Um, so those are the first two I, I want to talk about. Entering Monday, um, August 9th, the Reds are only two and a half games behind the Padres for that second wild card spot. So that's definitely within reach. The Reds have been playing very good baseball. The Padres has been really inconsistent all season. They haven't really gotten on a good roll and they're starting to be challenged a little bit here in the late months of the summer. So uh, I'll start with the Padres here, which is a little bit of surprising that they're on this list for, for a lot of people, but Hey, that's where they're at. They're, they're on the fringe. I would say two and a half spots away from, uh, from sitting on the couch is a definitely a, uh, is, is definitely on, on the fringe. So trading, I'll start with you are the San Diego Padres. Are they contenders or are they pretenders? Oh boy, my the the my once Padres who I like cheered for last season, guys. What the heck? Oh, by the way, Tyler, um, you know how you put the Dodgers and Giants like up? The yeah. Padres are closer to peating getting in front of the Dodgers than the Dodgers are getting in front of the Giants. Just saying. Um, that being said, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That being said, they need to f- smarten the fuck up. Because you got you got the Reds that are on a seven three um streak. Look, you're not pass, passing the Giants. I was an idiot for thinking they were even going to make the wild card. They're going to be fucking divisional winners, baby. Like, fuck. And you guys didn't even have them in there. Uh, that's the biggest. That's the biggest thing. Like, they what weren't even. Talking, what, what are we talking about the? What are you talking about right now? I'm talking. I'm. I'm talking about the Padres here. The Padres do. They're. They're just not. That to Tyler's point, they're just not getting enough. Of a of a rhythm. I mean, you you have teams that are actually pulling away. You have teams that are seven and three. You have teams that are seven and three in the last ten, six and four. And they're sitting at a 500 and that's not going to be good enough with teams that are actually starting to, you know, find their group. So it's hard to say, but I'm going to say pretenders here. Wow. That'd be crazy if the Padres ended up slipping, but Jane, and, what do you and think? The only team to, to blame is the giants. That's true. That's very true. James, what do you got on the Padres? Okay. Quick question about your prompt. <clears throat> so there's only two wildcard spots, right? So then am I only picking two contenders? No. Okay. So content. So pretenders is basically a team right now that seems like they'd be in a postseason, but they're really not going to make it contenders being that they're legit and they will make, and they will make the, it, it just rhymes. So it sounds better. Basically what I'm asking you is are the Padres going to be a, be a postseason team or not? Are the Reds going to be a postseason team or not? So I'm starting with the Padres contenders or pretenders. Contenders. Definitely contenders. They are too talented to not be contenders. The thing about this is there's no consistency because Tatis has been in and out of the lineup with shoulder stone, like crazy. Like the dude has not been healthy at all this season. But even then, it's still stacked from head to toe, one through nine. You got hitters, you got ballers out there. And then the thing that I rely on the most is that pitching staff who haven't been great, but they have the potential to be great because they have been in the past. And it's not like they're really, really old. Like Blake Snell is not really, really old. They just got to put it together. I just think they relied – Coming into the season, everybody thought they they had the second best roster in the league, second to the Dodgers. And so they're kind of chilling on that as opposed to actually working for it. When push comes to shove, right about now, they're going to start balling out. So they are for sure contenders. It's t- Dude, 
there's a lot of starting pitcher question marks this season, dude. Like they're being saved by the bullpen. That's not that's not that's not good. That's yeah, not the, good at all. The one of the Padres. <laughs> well, the problem is is that the bullpens get stretched out over a long season. Come postseason time, that bullpen's worn out. And the come po- you know, you know how important the bullpen is in the postseason. That's a big deal. You look at the Reds, though, they're on the opposite end of the spectrum. So right. right. They're they're actually playing better starting pitching, but their bullpen is ass. Yeah. So let's let's move on to the Reds. Let's 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 segue into that. You know, the Reds are a very interesting team. They, you know, last year they did make the postseason. They were one of the uh, wild card teams. This year, you know, they kind of came in with kind of similar expectations, but it, you know, last year was was a sprint marathon kind of thing. Like, what are we going to expect from the Reds this year? Um, they've been very inconsistent, but the last month or so, they've played a lot. They've been playing really good baseball. Um, the, the pitching is starting to get a little bit better, which has kind of helped. Their offense has been good all season long. They had three all-stars basically from, um, from the offensive side. Joey Votto is a legend. He's, a, he's incredible. Um, so it's not the offense. It's more on the pitching side, but they're making a case here for a wild card spot, two and a half games out with about 50-ish games left to go. James, are the Reds contenders or pretenders? I think they're also contenders. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so that means that, that, means that the Dodgers so the aren't going to make the playoffs. Yeah, fuck the Dodgers. Oh wow. <laughs> I mean, obviously they're going to be they're going to be pretenders. That's what I'm saying. Like it's just like the th- fact of the matter is that br- run differential is only at a plus twenty two, which is great. You're in the positive, but at this point with everybody else ahead of them, it's not going to do it for you. And they're relying way too much on that. They have a good top three pitching wise. They got Luis Castillo, Wade Miley, Tyler Maley. They're good. But after those three, if those three have one bad off game, everybody else kind of doesn't do that well. Their ERAs are north of five after that point. And then offense, they, they're doing well too, but can they sustain that? Joey Votto is older. Can he sustain that? That's a huge question mark. For sure. I like that. Uh, trading contenders or pretenders, the Reds. Well, I, I had the Padres falling out, so I'm going to say the Reds are going to swoop in, take that spot. <laughs> um, and the reason being, guys, they're they're like first in hits in the in the NL. Like they, their offense is actually clicking. And now they and their starting pitching is better than the than the Padres currently. Look, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit come on here and say that the Padres are, you know, vastly shittier than the reds it's gonna i think it's good like what are they probably like a game or two maybe three games um you know in between each other that could easily sway the other way especially the way the the reds are playing right now the reds are on a nice streak and you actually need to find a way to string games together when you're in a position like this and the reds are and they're gaining on the padres and that shows um so you know if if current trend is is to be believed the reds will be the other wildcard spot it's crazy to think about that would be insane if the red snuck up in there i just i even though the Padres had so many issues on the on the starting pitching staff um i think that they will end up getting the job done but the reds are going to make it interesting i think i I don't think i don't think the reds are going away i think the reds are going to be right there they might even for a little bit take up that second wildcard spot for maybe a week or so but I think the Padres, when it's all said and done, will, will be at that second wild card spot. But it's going to be a very, very interesting race. Cincinnati needs something to cheer about. That's true. They, they have do, nothing. They, do. they really don't have anything. They have the Bengals. They, they have Jamar Chase, <laughs> yeah. who won't get the ball because they have no offense. It's horrible, yeah. 
All right, moving on to my the the second race that's really really tight, and that's that wasn't at when it was coming All Star break. It was pretty clear cut who the division leader was, but since the All Star break, man, has this division just completely flipped, and that's the National League East. Now, National League East, the the teams that are in the National League East are definitely not the upper echelon of the National League, but nonetheless, this race is getting really tight. We got three teams here. The Philadelphia Phillies have taken over first place in the National League East. They have, they have been playing super great since the All Star break. They just swept the the, uh, the uh, Mets over the weekend to 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 take over first place. And surprisingly, the Atlanta Braves are actually playing really well with all the injuries and with with all, with all the the bullshit that that they've gone through this season. They're starting to make a run for for that division, and they're actually in second place. And the Mets have dropped all the way down to third place. They are two and a half games out of first right now which is shocking. The Mets were the, were, were pretty much the favorites going in. They've, 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 they should, they should win this division on paper. You know, obviously they're, they're, they're dealing with their share of, of injuries as, as, as well. Um, but the Phillies, man, they're looking pretty damn good here. So I'm going to start trading. I'll start with you. We'll start with the Phillies playing super great baseball right now. We, I, I remember when, when the preseason we were like, this team could honestly go either way. They could either be a, they could either be a postseason team or just absolutely play shitty. So as we sit here with two months left, they got a two-game lead in the division. Are they contenders or pretenders? Oh, man. Well, you know, two of these have to be – two of the three that we talk about next have to be uh, uh, pretenders. Uh, pretenders, right? Um, and, and I'm going to have to say, the, the way the Phillies are playing, they, they seem like they're the contenders – but I, I need to go against the grain. I've gone against the grain with the Padres and the Reds. So I'm going to stay going against the grain. I think the Mets are going to find their way and come back. Although that's probably not against the grain if, if we talked two weeks ago. But as it stands now, you know, the Mets are two and a half games out. I just don't know. If the, I think the Phillies might be riding a little bit of a, a nice wave. But, you know, it's, the, the Mets are going to figure it out and, and, and find their way back. Um, but it's going to be quite a battle. James, what do you got on the Phillies? This is a tough one, uh, as Trayden mentioned, but I'm going to disagree with him because he went with the Mets. I'm going to go with the Phillies and say they are a contender. They're hot right now. They are in fuego. Since the All-Star game, they've only lost nine games. That's a crazy amount. They're currently riding an eight-game win streak. And I think the toughest test for them, I mean, they've been beating some pretty eh teams. I mean, part of this eight-game win streak was the Nationals. So they aren't the best team in the league. But they will be facing the a top two team in the league in the Dodgers this upcoming series. If they can get two of those two of the three wins, if they can win the series, then yes, they are for sure one hundred percent contenders. But if they get swept, then they're more of the pretender part. But yeah. it's more so to see what this upcoming series will show. I, I I'll also add, um, like you said, James, it's, it's tight. This is another team, much like the Padres, where your starting pitching has not been very good at all. And you're about to go into a even better Dodgers team that has even got better, which is kind of crazy to think about. So I, I, doesn't that worry you at all? That's what I'm saying. If they, if they can take two of those games, then they're the real, they're the real deal. Like that's, that's what's going to show you. That's a true that's test. That's fair. Yeah, it'll be interesting because the Dodgers are going to play in Philadelphia and against the, the, the Mets this week. So it'll be interesting to see how they can influence that division a little bit. Uh, but let's go. Let's move on to the Mets on the Mets side. So, you know, train, you kind of alluded to it. You're kind of you're you're you think the Mets are going are gonna to rebound from this kind of this kind of slump that they're going through. They've been dealing with some injuries. 
you know, Jacob deGrom is, is been on the shelf. Lindor has been on the shelf for a little bit. Um, they're, they've been an offense that really has not really clicked yet this season, which on paper they really should be. Um, and they just really haven't gotten, gotten, gotten the job done. The, the starting pitching when they're healthy has been very good. Um, but like I said, they're just, they're just going through a pretty weird moment or, or, or moment in the, in the season right now. So not to put words in your mouth, but you believe that they're contenders and you think by the end of when it's all said and done, they're going to win the National League East. Yeah. Um, and only because I, I think that the, the bats are going to thaw out going down the, going down the stretch here. Um, they're gonna thaw out as it gets colder. As Ooh. it gets colder, that that's physics for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, their starting pitching is is you know at least statistically better than than their uh, than the Phillies counterpart. I just I, I don't like the offense numbers. I mean they're they're kind of middle of the pack, which like no, they're not. They're the second. They have the second fewest run differential in the league. Uh, they they're or second fewest run scored. They're fifteenth in hits, my friend. So run scored. They have the second they're fewest run scored in the run National scored. League. No, they're, in the NL. No, they're yes. not. The, da- the data is right there. Look it up. Go to ESPN right now. Their, their, <laughs> their runs are 14th in runs, dude. They're 14th. That's my guy. I don't know. I don't, I don't okay, got we're gonna, we're gonna pause me. this real fast. Let's look yeah. at the NL. Which is last in the NL, I will say. Okay, see, that's what I'm saying. In the NL, they're yeah. that's where you're playing right now in the NL. They are yeah, and, not and, good. And they're still they average. They're still only two and a half games out of that spot. That means their pitching is is hanging in there. So if the bot if the bats thaw out well, as it as it gets colder, because that doesn't make sense, you're gonna see them take that first spot again. I mean James, you disagree. Why? <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> pitching is fantastic, man. Um, but that's hard to sustain over the entirety of the season. And now you're reaching the end of the season. They have been great for 75% of the season, let's say. Probably a little less than that, 60-something percent of the season. They've been fantastic. The odds of them being that good for the next 40% of the season is low, extremely low. You can't – Jacob deGrom won't be as good as he was at the beginning because fatigue does play a huge role in this. Teams get way more film. Teams will know what what he throws, where he throws it, what he's good at, what he's bad at. The longer he's been in the league, the more fun people get. Then, yes, you can change the pitches, but the more people see it, man, the more they can adapt to it. So hitting typically gets better and pitching typically gets worse as time goes on. But the Mets hitting is terrible. As Trayden just said, they are worst in the NL in terms of runs scored. And they can pitch a shutout, man. They can, they can limit teams to three hits. But then they can't get those three hits themselves. They ain't going to score a run. The game's going to go on forever. They're going to run out of pitchers. And then what are you going to do now? Because they can't score. <laughs> They're the Dallas Stars of the NBA, MLB. <laughs> this is a really intriguing race. I think it's going to be super fun to watch. Honestly, probably one of the most exciting races coming down the stretch here. Um, it's hard to say because I really do think that the Mets are the better team. And I think that they should win this division. However, the Phillies, man, lately have looked really good and you're playing hot at the right time. And that's a huge thing in baseball. And you can ride that momentum for not just a few games, but for weeks and you can distance yourself. And they did this weekend. They had a huge sweep of of the Mets. If they can continue to do that, that's going to be huge. Um, So I don't know. It, it, it can be either, or I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the Mets for now, 
but man, the Phillies are going to make it really tight. And I think it's going to be a really, really fun, fun race to watch. Does anyone give it any case for the Braves or the Braves just on a hot streak and it's going to, you know, kind of calm down here soon. They're like, they're like the Preds of the NHL. Like they've kind of been fighting this entire season. They've been playing playoff baseball for this entire season because they have been underperforming based off expectations placed upon them. And the fact that they've lost Acuna, I mean, Jock, don't get me wrong. Jock Peterson's fantastic. He's a great shoot. Like he, he's doing well, but he's not Ronald Acuna Jr. You can't replace that. They're doing well now, but it won't be sustained over a long period of time, mainly because they've been fighting for this forever. I, I don't know that the Preds was a great comparison because they actually did sneak in as the playoffs. <laughs> They're the last team to make the playoffs last year. Yeah, in this weird year. Yeah. True. Well, yeah, it's, uh, that one's going to be really fun to watch. And moving on to the last one is the American League wild card, a.k.a. who gets second place in the AL East, basically. Um, all, there's a lot that AL East division. There's four teams in there that are going crazy. The, it looks like the Tampa Bay Rays are pulling away from everyone else. The Boston Red Sox that have been playing had a really good first half of the season are two and eight. The last 10 games have not been playing well. And the Yankees and the Blue Jays are both eight and two in their last 10 games and have snuck in there and it made a really good case. Both the Yankees and the Blue Jays were one of these teams going in that we weren't really sure what we were going to get. The Blue Jays, a young up and coming team, exciting team. They're playing really good baseball right now. The Yankees, of course, being the Yankees, everyone thinks they're always going to do well but they've got a lot of issues going on themselves, but they've been playing a lot better baseball as of late. The Red Sox, no one expected them to be very good this year. They got off to a really good start. Had their first half of the season played very, very, very good baseball. But lately, it's starting to dwindle down. The pitching, as I mentioned, has been a concern. And I was always concerned for me. It's starting to look that way. Um, the, but that being said, entering Monday, the uh, Oakland A's and, and the Boston Red Sox are currently tied uh, for both spots in the American League wild card. The, the Yankees are two and a half games back and the Blue Jays are three games back. Um, so that's a really, really good tight race there. Um, so first we'll start with the Red Sox, kind of this team that I mentioned. Um, that could be a team that's gone off to a really hot start. You see it sometimes, teams that weren't expected to make the, 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 the postseason going in, get, gets off to a hot start, and eventually over just a long course of 162, eventually kind of play down to what their potential were. James, do you think that's what the Red Sox are? Are they pretenders, or do you think that they'll hang on and contend for a wildcard spot? I think they're pretenders. Um, they do they hit the ball well but their pitching is doo-doo I think their average ERA for their pitchers is like a four something man like they have no real ace out there that can until Chris Sale comes back I don't know when he's gonna come back but until he comes back there's no real dude that you're really afraid of to face off when you're playing against the Red Sox so they're pretty much relying on the fact that they got to just score a bunch and that's harder to do <laughs> if your bat will go cold because it gets colder in October. <laughs> not the house, not the other way around. I'm just kidding. The fact of the matter is it's 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 tough to continue that stretch when you're not when your pitching isn't that good. It's really hard to rely on just one part of the game as opposed to both pitching and hitting. There's I mean, you gotta rely on both. Their luck's gonna run out of it, run out eventually. So that's why I'm thinking they're pretenders as opposed to contenders. All right. Uh trading, what do you got? What do you got? hate to do this man but i have i mean I, I was doing so well being against james all day but i have to be with him on this one he he nailed it he hit it out of the park metaphorically ah good baseball fun in july or august i like that august, when yeah i'm i'm pretty worried about the, the the red Sox too you know mainly because there's so many other teams that could potentially take over 
you know, like, you know, there, and even, even the Mariners there for a little bit, we're, we're, we're kind of making some noise. I don't think that they're going to contend, but I mean, that AL East is so good. And you got to think about the Red Sox are playing those Yankees and Blue Jays and the race so many more times going down, going down the stretch. It's going to be tough for them to hang on to that second wild card spot. Tyler, um, hold on. Yeah. Are we assuming the A's are taking the first one? Is that just like a consensus? I thought about putting them in. We can talk about the A's if you want. Um, no, it's I fine. Per- it's just the reason being one of the two teams has to be assumed to make it, right? Yeah. So I think the Oakland A's, they're just, they're kind of a boring team. I don't love the Oakland A's to talk about them that much. It's kind of was like, ah, they're just the A's. I think that they're going to win mainly for the reason I just mentioned. I think the Red Sox are in a much harder division and they're playing more teams that are, I think, better than them. Versus the A's, the only team that's better than that division are the, are the Astros. I think everyone else in that division, they should be able to beat. So I think for that reason, I think they're a favorite to get a wild card spot. But I think though, the AL East is going to be very, very interesting how it plays out. Though, depending on how we talk about the next two teams, those two teams could beat both of them. Both Red Sox and the A's. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I mean, that's very, yeah. like, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they're both contenders from this, or pretenders. I don't think either of the next team, two teams we're talking about will make it. All right, so next two teams. I'm just well, kidding. Then who's totally going to make it then? The you Angels. Said- None of oh them. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll, let's talk about the Yankees real quick. The Yankees, for, a, for the longest time, man, just been kind of on the bottom, not really playing super bad, but definitely not playing well. The last month or so finally started to kind of put things together and been playing good baseball. They were expected not just – to make the playoffs, but win the division. And they're still two and a half games out of a wild card spot. So they're playing a lot better baseball lately. Trading are the Yankees contenders or pretenders. Oh God. This means I have to either choose the Yankees or the fucking Toronto blue Jays. Um, (laughs) I have, that means I, uh, okay. You know what? I'm going to say pretenders um, only because they're, Starting pitching is questionable. I just don't know if they're, I think they're going to kind of run out there to James's point about the last side, they're rank at the bottom on on the AL in terms of offense. So, you know, if, if the bats ain't flying, if they're not firing, they're not going to be able to do it. Now I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that they're going to, you know, thaw up as, as the other side. Um, Also like Garrett Cole, like remember when he was good, when he was able to use like substance. Yeah. Yeah. Sad Not so much man. anymore. Sad. Yeah. James, what do you got on the Yankees? I agree with Trayden. I think they're pretenders. Um, I don't know how, though, because they year after year, they just spend so much money on getting players to play for the Yankees, but they just can't put it together. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. For some reason, the Dodgers can't. The Dodgers have the highest payroll of all of Major League Baseball this season, and they're making it happen. The Yankees just can't figure it out. Um, I don't know what that is, but I think they're still pretenders. Yep, I agree. I think the Yankees are not going to quite make it. I like the next team we're going to talk about. I had this team as my second wild card spot from the beginning. The Toronto Blue Jays. They're so cool, dude. Oh, congratulations! I know. I'm very cool. Yeah. I know. Thank you. you. Want a round of applause? <laughs> yes, please keep, keep it keep keep it going. I like the Blue Jays a lot. I think they're a young, exciting, fun team to watch. I personally would rather see the Blue Jays. I just want to see the Blue Jays play in a po- in a wild card postseason game versus the Yankees. I, I just, I want to, it's more of a, it's definitely a biased thing for me. I just, I love watching this Blue Jays team play. They finally got back up to Canada for the first time in almost two years. So congratulations to Blue Jays fans, finally having your uh, Blue Jays back in your home ballpark. That's awesome. That's going to rejuvenate this team for sure. Uh, uh, 
Vlad Guerrero Jr. I mean, we really don't talk about him a whole lot, but this dude, other than, you know, I, I think Shohei, Shohei Otani is definitely the, the front runner for, for MVP, but Vlad Jr. is right there. I mean, he's been having a phenomenal season. This offense overall is an incredible offense. The pitching is not great, but I think it's good enough to nab a wild card spot. But what do you guys think? Uh, trading I'll start with you, Blue Jays contenders or pretenders? Well, I said pretenders about the last two, and unfortunately, I actually have to like a Toronto team, as, yeah. as it means me to say. Um, Blue Jays are the the contenders here. I mean, they're eight and two in the last in their last ten. Yeah, so were the Yankees, but I like the offense on the uh, um, on the uh, the Blue Jays better. I also like the starting pitching better. Uh, the numbers are are just simply better, and I just think that they're going to ride this wave that they're on. They're loving that they're back home, right? Oh, yeah. They love it, and they're riding that wave, and they're going to take it the whole way. And um, so it seems like we'll probably get an A's Blue Jays wild card matchup right i like that like that a lot james what do you got on the blue jays uh contenders obviously but let's just look at their run differential guys plus 123 which is massive that is shit that's telling you that both sides of the ball like pitching and hitting are both working in conjunction for this to work they have the third most runs in the al so that's a huge thing too Right now, it's coming down to the, the fact that they're losing close games and winning big in the games that they went on. But lo- typically, losing close games is just timely hitting. And if you're hitting the ball and having the mo- third most runs in the AL, the timely hitting will come. It's just mostly luck at that point. I mean, it, just keep doing what you're doing. You're going to win more games. The, the one thing I'll say, though, to, J- to James, your point, at this point in the season, you have to find a way to win close games. I mean, everybody's playing their best baseball, trying to play their best baseball, um, unless you're the Angels, the Orioles. Still 500, or the Orioles, or the Rangers. You play the Dodgers, man. You won one of the games against the Dodgers. That's pretty good. That's a pretty big deal. <laughs> um, you got to find a way to win those close games. And, and I think if they do, watch out, because Toronto is coming, baby. I love it. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement here. Uh, Blue Jays are going to nab that second wild card spot, and the Red Sox and Yankees ain't going to be there. Sorry, guys. Uh, Bill, like I said, it's going to be super fun to watch this these few races come down to the wire here. Gotta love late summer baseball going into October. It's going to be a blast. Um, real quick this week, as BB, before I wrap up, uh, the Field of Dreams game is this week. If you, I don't know if you guys, are, if you're interested in, in Field of Dreams and, and all that stuff, it's going to be super fun, a really, a really unique setting. They're playing at the Field of Dreams Stadium in Iowa, uh, in a legit in the middle of a, of a cornfield. It should be super great. They were going to have it last year, but because of COVID, it got canceled, so they moved it this year. The Yankees and the White Sox are playing on Thursday, starting at 4 p.m. Pacific time. So tune into that. Even if you just watch it for, for a couple of innings, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's worth the uh, watch. I think it'll be a really cool setting. So feel the field of dreams game is Thursday at 4 PM Pacific time, Yankees and white Sox. Make sure you check that out. Other than that, that's all I got for this week. Thank you, Tyler guys. Uh, that, I mean, that was, that was a fun, that was a fun banter we had. Um, James and I went head to head. We usually don't always go head to head, but it was, it was very fun to do that. Um, and it was very fun to talk baseball. Uh, that is it for the podcast this week. A little bit shorter, although we we kind of put a dent in the time this week, boys. Like oh my god, it was almost an hour and a half. <laughs> it was, was kind of. I good. told you, I told you we go longer. 
Um, but hey, it was all good stuff. Um, we really hope you guys enjoyed. Um, and thank you for joining us for episode 59. Um, like us on Instagram, check out our TikToks. Um, apparently my TikTok where I went off on Dodgers fans has a lot of likes and or, or views at least. There you go. Um, and I, I really stand by that. I mean, I yeah. fuck you Dodgers fans. So I didn't <laughs> like <to> say that. <laughs> um, um, that being said, um, we really appreciate all you guys' love and um, we look forward to having hopefully the entire squad back next week. Um, and I don't know what I'll be talking about, but if you have an idea, shoot it out and I'll, I'll look into it. Um, thank you guys and see you next week.